All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Fun as well, just like yesterday. Fun post game here on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is with us. And another day, another former Brewer great honored before the game. Yesterday it was CC Sabathia. Today it was Ben Sheets. And Freddie Peralta and the crew respond with a 5-4 victory over the Padres. They've claimed the series and a season-long seventh win in a row for the crew First time they've had a seven-game winning streak since 2021. Uh, Jeff Cirillo, as I welcome you in here, it's hard to, you know, nitpick about critiques of this game or, or what's going on with the crew right now. But as it always seems to go, when you're when you're winning, it feels like nothing else matters, and you're never going to come down. It feels like this is just going to last forever. We know it's not, but it's certainly good to enjoy a seven-game winning streak in August. Well, these are things that actually we we, we saw early on in the season against the Mariners, against the Diamondbacks, and kind of comes early in that season, right in April. And uh, that fifth inning was just the perfect example, right? He had Canna work an 0-2 base hit. He got 0-2, back a 3-2, got the base hit. And then um, Tereg takes advantage of, of, uh, of Machado not being able to make the play on the first leg, catches some sleep in, makes it first and second, and Monasterio puts the ball in play. And just that beginning just starts with just a great quality of bat from Canna and then the, the great heads-up play by Tereg. I'm glad you brought up the, those first series earlier in the year. I, I had a comment to a colleague earlier today about last night's game, and then tonight they did it again. It feels like April again, right, where it's somebody new every day, and it's the sum of their pot parts, not a singular guy crushing things and like, oh, gosh, look at this guy, right? I, I, it feels like the team is just continuing to churn and continuing to get things going, right? Three for eight with runners in scoring position tonight. Uh, they're over 320 in the month of August with runners in scoring position. And now for the series, they're seven for 17 with runners in scoring position. You're going to win a lot of ball games doing that. No, that's exactly right. And then you had a monetary steal. Uh, just, it just the Padres to me just look like a team that's you know waiting to get beat, right? I mean. Uh, uh, Machado just that, that play. I mean, yeah, I, I watched the highlight. You know, it was, just, it was all right. He just kind of used his arm to try and get Canna out. Just goes the meaningless base hit, and then falling asleep. So, but the Brewers are taking advantage of that. And you know what that is? It's just baseball players. And, and Bryce Terang to me is a baseball player, right? You know, he wants the ball hit to him. He sees an opportunity. It's a free at bat to lay one down to get first and second situation. So, and you got just kind of just a, a guy that's just trying to find a, a way out there, just playing, playing some great defense and just sealing a base. So, And then you have the big boys with Telez, and even Yelich isn't even swinging the bat that great right now. So um, to me, it's, it's an exciting team. It's an exciting brand of baseball. And, you know, we all obviously know about the defense and the starting pitching. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I do want to give some kudos on the other side. Pedro Avila looked really darn good. The first four innings of this game, but you brought up the Bryce Terang bunt. Sometimes a little thing happens, and there were some mid-game adjustments in this one, especially in that big five-run fifth inning. That was all the offense that the Brewers needed tonight. What stuck out to you about what started going in the right direction in the fifth inning for the crew? It, it really wasn't anything. It was, it was, you know, Machado was too deep on and Canna, and so it creates a, a hit situation where you know he has to throw up his back leg. 
you know, and then he, he falls asleep on the bunt. I mean, just, I mean, obviously playing third base, you're always critical of third baseman, but, you know, you never let someone like that, especially in a situation like that where the game is 1-0, it's the fifth inning, you know, you're always taking that bunt away and, and forcing the guy to either swing the bat or lay down a sacrifice. You don't make the pitcher grab that. So then you turn to the first and second situation, and then, you know, then and Bogart's in, in double play depth, and the ball gets through, and, you know, and when the team's struggling, you know, that falls to 6-4-3 double play. And then they got the, the double steal, you know, where um, Machado, again, was late getting the bag. So, I mean, it's just one of those games, like the Padres look like a team that's waiting to get beat to me, and the, and the Brewers are a team that's looking to thrive. It's the body language. You can see it right now at the Padres. I don't want to kick them while they're down, but, I mean, I, I called on it coming into this series, and it certainly happened now. The Brewers have pretty much eliminated the San Diego Padres from any illusions that they were going to be playing in October. I'm sick of talking about them like they're actual postseason contenders. I tell them to watch the last two games. They were never really in this game, even though it was a 5-4 game. Uh, Devin Williams made the bottom of that order look silly. Uh, but more about this offense and, and more about the the players. And You already touched on Monasterio there, but I, I, I feel like we talk about him and we say, oh, he's doing a great job and it's a great story, yada, yada, yada. But it, it's... It's an approach that's a team-first approach for him, right? And we've talked about it before that Craig Council has called him a slump-proof approach. And he's always putting bats to ball. He's working counts. He rarely strikes out. Good things happen when you put the ball in play. And I, I have no other explanation other than the dude's just a gamer, and he doesn't know when somebody's going to tell him to wake up you're dreaming because he's not dreaming. He's contributing to a first-place team in the big leagues. Yeah, and, and he's he's he really looks good at third base. Looks very comfortable there at third base. Uh, not not so much as well at second base, but um, you know, and like you said, he's an inside out approach. You know, trying to take everything to the middle middle of the field, especially running scoring position, trying to get jammed. Uh, sees breaking ball, uh, recognizes spin. You know, it's one of those guys. It's not going to be a lot of power bat, but it's going to be one of those ones that, that when you have a runner hit third base, I guarantee the Craig Council and enjoys when he's up at the plate and there's a guy on third base in less than two outs for sure. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us here on the program tonight. A few texts already in here. One from Aaron in Illinois. Not a great game by any stretch, but seven in a row is seven in a row. I disagree with that first statement, Aaron. Santana trade is looking better and better. His clutch RBI was the difference. Earlier in the season, you mentioned the crew would hit 90 wins. That's 18 games over. I think that's looking very achievable at this point. Do you agree? Well, look, August is getting ready to come to an end here. The Brewers are playing very, very well here at the end of the month, but there's still another month of baseball, and crazy stuff can happen. I made a prediction earlier in the year that they can win 90 games. People laughed at me. I am still sticking to that prediction, but from what we've seen right now, a season-high 15 games over 500, a season-long seven-game winning streak, and even if they lose tomorrow's game, you can see the signs that this is what the team was supposed to look like all along. I'm not going to hit the panic button. This is the mojo and the vibe that you want heading into maybe your biggest series to date with the Cubs coming up next week. Yeah, I, I think you're really trying to you know, uh, pitch this this Cubs series when when you just you know there's there's games in, in major leaguers they don't really look ahead too much at all. They just play the 160 games. They play whoever's on that schedule, and so I, I think that. You know, the, the Brewers are in a great position tomorrow to sweep the Padres. I mean, to me, like you said, and, and I saw and you saw it, you know, and I didn't even know that, that that's what you were thinking, but just watching them play, it's like they're waiting to get beat and they're just waiting to kind of get their get their burn and get their bats and get their hits. And to me, I think that the Brewers have an unbelievable um, a chance tomorrow to sweep them out of town. 
This would be a, a big opportunity for the crew, to say the least. 855-616-1620. We're up against our first break of the night. But first, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all year long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank. National Association, member FDIC. More of your texts, maybe your calls as well. 855-616-1620. More with Jeff after this on WTMJ. Welcome back. Dom Catronio with you with Jeff Cirillo. Just getting rolling here on the show. A couple of texts in. One from Adam down in Gainesville, Florida. All the Brewers fans that were upset about not playing small ball, well, Terang put down a beautiful bunt, which leads to Andrew scoring, then Canna, then Andrew forcing an error while stealing third. The crew are finding ways to score, and that is awesome. I agree, and this is something I've talked about last year, Jeff, that timely small ball is what needs to happen, right? This team still has pop. This team still has guys that can put the ball over the fence. And when you're using the bottom of the order the way they have, with Terang and even Taylor not afraid to drop down a bunt, that's what I mean by timely small ball. Catching by surprise, you brought it up and how smart that was, giving up in that bat and using one of his best tools in the speed. Small ball is meant to be used sparingly and catch a team by surprise, not always dropping down a bunt and giving up an out. In that case, the Brewers didn't even have to give up an out. They got a hit. Uh, it's, it's one of those sorts. It's a, it's a free bat for Trang, you know, and it's a pitcher that's not throwing, you know, 90, 97, 98 miles an hour, which is sometimes gets a little uncomfortable trying to square that down and, and, and square your body around to the pitch that's coming up fast. It's harder, harder to react. But like I said, you know, I mean, uh, they, they have baseball players, you know, and Craig Council understands that. He can identify, you know, and, and it's one of those ones that's like, okay, when the, the, the bat's not working, you know, you're still bringing your defensive glove out there. You're still thinking as a baseball player and you're not taking your offense on the defense. Or, you know, you can use your speed to fill their base and, and be aggressive. And especially these are great times Right now, when a team is, uh, is is playing so well, and against a team that's not playing very well, that's when you got to you know put your pin your pin your ears back and and, and and really push the throttle on on teams like this because they'll go away, and then that's exactly what happened tonight. This is a team that is always going to have the pitching, and when you just get five runs, as we've said over and over again. Good things happen. But let's talk about the pitching, though. Freddie Peralta works into the sixth inning. That long fifth inning clearly affected him because he didn't really go the full length that maybe you would have expected. He did walk a pair of batters in the sixth inning when he was chased a little bit earlier than maybe some expected him to be chased. 94 pitches, 59 strikes. He earns his 11th win, though, nonetheless. Uh, Two earned runs allowed and five and a third. Nine more strikeouts. It's kind of crazy that this is becoming routine again for Freddie Peralta. He's looking like 2021 Freddie Peralta. What jumped out to you about his uh, attack today? Uh, it looked like he was doing differently. He wasn't just relying on fastball. Um, he looks like he's really getting the feel for that changeup, and not just the lefties, but the righties. And then, of course, you know when he, when he has his fastball that he has up in the zone. And, and I mean, for hitters, you know, it's, it's it's one of those those things. You know, especially for people that are that want to teach hitting or teach pitting. You know, raising the the sight line, and you know, you have this fastball that has this little bit of ride up in the up in the zone. So you got to tell yourself, you know, get the ball down on him, and right. And then he's got this changeup that's coming out of the same window. It's called tunneling, and it's kind of got the same same arm action, the same kind of backspin look to the ball, but then it's dropping. You know, so you, you have to kind of guess sometimes. And when you're throwing both of them for strikes, 
you know, it becomes very hard. And then you have, obviously, you have plus staff with plus velocity coming out. So it makes for a very hard, hard, um, hard guy to handle out there. And, and, and he's obviously pitching with a ton of confidence right now. He, he's certainly rolling. Uh, something that jumped out to me was his changeup. Seven whiffs on the changeup. That's the most he's had in a single game. And he also wasn't afraid to throw some right-on-right changeups. He's starting to use and mix that in against righties, not just have everything break away. I think these righties were caught by surprise, thinking, it's oh, it's a fastball in. Let me get on time. Oh, no, that's a changeup. And it's not so much about the devastating movement that it has or that it's such a, a nasty pitch. It's just such a difference from his fastball that we've always said, you know, as every year, Freddie seems to add a wrinkle and become a more elite pitcher, right? His first year, it was fastball Freddie, and then, like, mix in a curveball. Then he comes back in 2019, 2020, he's like, hey, I got a slider now, too, and it's late, and it's darting, and it's coming off of his fastball. Then in 2021, he's like, hey, I'm starting to develop a changeup, and now, here we are in 2023, it's kind of like he's going down the buffet line. He's taking a little bit of everything. He's put it all on the plate, and here we are. He's looking like a complete pitcher that can get strikeouts, but he also is commanding the bottom of the zone, not getting hard contact against him. And, oh, by the way, he's already been extended. He's going to be here for a long time. I am so thrilled seeing the development of Freddie Peralta come to fruition like it has in the last couple of starts. Right. It's, it's funny because you, you, I'd love to listen to some of your, your tapes back from April, May, and even in the early June about Freddie Peralta, uh, completely seeing a different tune. Now, um, this guy's always had stuff, right? And it's, it was usually just the beginning that was getting him earlier in the season, right? He just couldn't harness his command, you know, big, big, big innings, big, big uh, pitch totals. Uh, but the stuff, sometimes usually he was able to kind of wiggle, wiggle around it, but, you know, obviously underperforming. But now since the All-Star break, I mean, you saw it in an interview, too, that he did after the All-Star break. He's like, I'll be ready. I'll be back. And, you know, it was just a guy that was speaking with a ton of confidence. Uh, and like we talked about last night, I mean, that is a really, really strong one, two, three as you head into the playoffs when the Brewers make the playoffs with Wade Miley pulling up the four hole, which is not a bad guy either. Not not bad at all. Looking at some of the numbers in the second half for Freddie Peralta, he's now got 61 strikeouts in 41 and two-thirds innings in the second half. That's the second most strikeouts uh, in, in baseball in the second half right now. He's got a 2-3-8 ERA. That's also one of the best in baseball since the All-Star break. Uh, I look at the opponent batting average is pretty low as well. That's been uh, tremendous to see him continue that. And the walks are a thing. The walks, three more tonight. But Freddie taking a huge step forward as your number three when you've got Burns and Woodruff, man. There are a lot of teams that would love to have that. Before we move off of the pitching and move on to our next point, I, the bullpen, I, I know Piops gave up the home run, but that was huge for Piguero. Uh, allowed an inherited run, but then... Got out of some traffic in the 6th and 7th innings. And Devin Williams, we continue to take him for granted just to shut down 1-2-3, top of the ninth inning. I, I think this bullpen is okay to have a day like this every now and then where the offense picks them up by giving them a lead to work with. But I thought it was very important to get Piguero back on the horse, in my opinion. That's the story of the bullpen tonight. Yeah, right. And, and, he, and he was extended. you know. So obviously uh, Craig, Craig wanted this win. And to get this guy some burn and lock it in uh, at that sixth inning to kind of push him ahead into that sixth inning, the seventh inning, where he pitched more than multiple innings, and, uh, and obviously going Pants Williams to end it. Uh, but but at the same time, you know, I mean, there's a lot of weapons on this team. I mean, you look up and down that roster, 
and you just look at guys and, and you'd be like, man, this is a guy that I wouldn't want to trade. This is a guy I wouldn't want to trade. Whereas before, you know, when you're looking at the roster, and you're like, that, that's where they sure do have a lot of a lot of holes against left-handed pitching. And you're kind of like, where's the power is going to come from? You know, where's the offense going to come from? And, and now, you know, it's a, it's a it's a very tough roster to break, especially in that bullpen. This is a team that, when you look at, the, you start like if you're the opposing dugout, right, and you're peeking down there, like, oh, who's up? Oh man, that guy, man, that guy's got a disgusting slider, Piguero. And then you look up, oh man, that's Pyoms. He's got a ridiculous sinker. Then you look up, oh no, it's Devin Williams now. And then, oh by the way, they've still got Hobie Milner, who's available for left on left. You've still got uh, Abner Uribe throws 103. You've got. Uh, uh, Trevor McGill, who throws 100. I mean, man, we talked about it a little bit yesterday's show, but my goodness, it, this is a, a team we all talk about the bullpen. I, I look back at 2018, that team had the bullpen, but it didn't have the starting pitching. This team has both, and it totally makes sense to start getting ahead of yourself. Now, we're not going to here, but this is what teams need in the postseason, pitching. And the Brewers, as of now, barring health, knock on some wood, it looks pretty darn good heading into September. Uh, I would say so, and it's not only that. I mean, the, the pitching is not, it's just not starting pitch. It's a starting five, right? There's no real weakness with the five-man rotation going right now. And uh, and so and we've talked about it many times, Tom, is that when you walk through tomorrow, you know, it's a day game. Obviously, they're going to be energized because they're running a seven-game win streak, and they got the Padres, and it's going to be Sunday at home, and, and just a lot of really good things happening. And But, but at the same time, you know, the Craig Council will have that lineup up and they'll have the guy that's towing the rubber, and it starts and stops with, stops with him. And I can tell you, if I was playing tomorrow in that game, it doesn't matter who's towing the rubber in our starting rotation because I'm going to feel pretty confident that we're going to win that game. Things are looking great right now. Get to a couple of more texts here, 855-616-1620. Does it surprise you Telez was not in the lineup tonight? No, just trying to give him a breather, I bet. I'm sure the finger is still barking, and they want to mix it in. And Canna has been hot as of late. Totally understand that. Uh, Ringo and Goodman, Brewers started the first 68 games, 34-34, and 34, averaging just barely over four runs a game, 4.03. Last 61 games, they're 38-23. and 23. That's a 4.75 run per game average during that time. That's uh, some good stuff there. Appreciate that text, Ringo. Also, our player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit SA Milwaukee to help today. Uh, I've got the Twitter poll up. Just double-checking what the final results were. And uh, the winner went to Monasterio, 136 votes tonight, just barely by a few votes over Freddie. Monasterio going two for three with an RBI and some great defense once again. Take a breather. Come back with our difference-making moment on the other side of this break on WTMJ. I'm Dom Catronio. Jeff Cirillo with us as well, 855 616 1620 A few folks have asked uh, throughout the weekend what's going on with Bob Euchre. Just want to reiterate the fact that Bob is home for the weekend resting. Uh, they want to make sure he is good to go and himself good to go for the stretch run. So he had the day off on Wednesday as well. Taking a little breather here at home. Expect to have him back next homestand when the Phillies are in town next weekend. So I know Bob appreciates all the concern about him. Just want to reiterate, you will hear Jeff and Lane once again tomorrow before they head on down to Wrigley, and that will be uh, Lane and Josh on those calls. Uh, As we move forward here, Jeff, time for our difference-making moment brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. 
Uh, go ahead and take us away in a 5-4 game, another one-run win for the crew. What stuck out to you? I'm going to go with Bryce Trang tonight. Uh, just, just the heady baseball player he was and just the laying down the bunt, taking advantage of a player who you know shouldn't, shouldn't have gotten burnt on that play. Uh, Machado missed, missed the canna throw, probably upset about it, maybe not thinking, maybe not in deep enough. Uh, and he took advantage of it. And then obviously the play in the ninth inning where he uh, just went up the middle to steal the the, the base hit and uh, from, from Gamel and just kind of just takes the, the, the air out of the plume for the Padres in that ninth inning. He, he had a great game on both sides of the box score. I'm going to go with Christian Yelich's great catch in the, uh, what was that, the top of the seventh inning on Hassan Kim because reminding of the situation, you had runners on first and second with nobody out in the top of the order lurking. Garrett Cooper rips one to left field. I mean, off the bat, I thought it was gone. Uh, and Yelich makes that great catch jumping up into the fence to get the first out of the inning because then it looked like uh, Piguero was able to settle down. He would strike out Grisham, who got a hat trick tonight. Uh, and then Hassan Kim would ground out, and Piguero made a nice play on that. But the point is, you did not have to face Tatis Jr. or Soto with men on in that situation. Now, of course, Soto hit a home run in the eighth inning. But Yelich, we've talked about the bat struggling here in the month of August. But, man, the defense showed up there tonight in a massive way for the crew. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, this team, it looks good. This is exactly what you what you saw in April uh, with with their defense and just the ability to to manufacture a run, right? I mean, uh, Canna beats the ball out to first base, running hard, you know, which always sets a great example. And he was sniffing that hit, and then Trey puts the bunt down, and then they get stolen base and put the, put the bat on the ball, and then steal the base, and the guy throws it into, into left field. And it's just, there was a lot of really good things. It's just pitching the defense and just fundamentally trying to take extra bases and be athletic, but be smart about it. Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite comprehensive financial planning. It's all customized to who you are and what you need. Go to NXWealth.com. As I look at the standings and a reminder of the out-of-town scoreboard, the Cubs do win. They finished that one against the Pirates. Uh, they beat him up 10-6 to today in the MLB debut of Jordan Wicks. The uh, Reds are in action right now, and it's getting tight out in Arizona. It is 4-3 Diamondbacks. Man on second, one out, top of the order. Paul Seawald is on to try to close things out. But obviously the Brewers are not losing any ground today by getting a victory. It will still be a four-game lead in the Central over the Cubs and at least a five-game lead over the Reds. And if they end up losing that game, they will fall to six games back. And I, I want to bring you in on this topic, Jeff, because I talked about this after you had already signed off yesterday because a texter had asked about it. Is there a way that – I, I was playing devil's advocate with a few folks today in the media too. If the Brewers win the Central, okay, and let's say only the Cubs make the postseason out of the Central. Let's say the Reds fall off. So David Bell's team, great story, but they're not enough to make the postseason. If the Brewers win the Central, with all the injuries and everything that's happened to this team, I don't see a scenario 
where you can argue that Craig Council should not be manager of the year. And for the folks to say, oh, the Braves are the best team, what has Brian Snitker done to help that team? It's the same lineup every day, and he's got three MVP candidates on that team. What Chris, what this team has done, yes, Christian Elgis, William Contreras has been great, but what this team has done with all the injuries in pitching, the bullpen unknowns, the rookies that are playing, I don't understand how Craig Council hasn't got a manager of the year award yet. He's been runner-up three times. This At this point, could be the route for him this season. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's definitely his season. I mean, look, I don't think that Craig Council is going to lose any sleep if he doesn't get manager of the year. Uh, but based on the roster that you're seeing, right, you're telling me that the Braves have three MVP. Candidates, the Brewers have zero, right? The Brewers have zero. Cy Young candidates, um, really, I mean, they're, they're, they have a team that's having really some really, really nice seasons. Uh, you know, Contreras is probably an all-star, but... Other than that, it's been just another just another great roster put together, and and you know every team you can't Tommy was like the Brewers have had injuries, but you know every team has had injuries, right? Max Fried went out, so I don't know about that. I just know that Craig Council, it's fun to play there, and and he gets the best out of his players. Yep, he certainly does it. And uh, there was topics about his future today with Mark Adonacio and Ben Sheets in the house. But uh, before I let you go, I do want to get a little Ben Sheets out of you, man. I, I mean, I know you've you seen him, you faced him, you played with him. Ben Sheets out here at the ballpark today uh, as they've been honoring, of course, the 2018, uh, right after you were done. But, man, uh, just a great dude, the, the humble kid from Louisiana. He had the whole family here and uh, one of the best ever, the the. The 18 strikeout game obviously sticks out, but Ben Sheets will always be the what if of 2008. And uh, shoot, what a great time to see him this weekend! Oh my gosh, and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And he was a Brewers first round pick, so he was one of those guys that you're always proud when you get that guy to the major leagues, and he's had success. And really, quite honestly, you know, other than Teddy Higuera, he was really the first Brewers um, guy that they drafted or drafted signed that, that became like an ace pitcher. And you always felt good when Ben Sheet was on the mound, and especially when he was healthy. Uh, Sheeter was great, you know. And then they had this. Obviously, they had one-two combo, and it was unfortunate that CC Sabathia and Sheets couldn't be back to back in that season. Unfortunately, Sheets got hurt that year. But it's great to see him being honored um, into the Walk of Fame, and uh, I think rightfully so. I think that he earned it based on his performance and what he did for his community, and and just just kind of the the. Well, he left his stamp up for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's been uh, fun to reminisce all weekend long and uh, fun breaking things down with you as well. Jeff Cirillo here back with us again tomorrow. Brewers going for the sweep against the Padres, and uh, we'll be with you after the game as well to talk about it. Jeff, thanks as always, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you down the road, Dom. All right, Jeff Cirillo on the program here. Take a quick breather. Come back with more after this on WTMJ. All right, got about uh, a little past halfway through the program here now. The Craig Council in just a little bit. 855-616-1620. If you're still with us, we're going until just past the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, this text from Casey in Blanchardville. Happy to see the Brewers get hot at the right time. Totally agree with Council being manager of the year. Let's get that sweep. Would be a lot of fun to watch. For the crew. By the way, in the time that we were in the commercial break, uh, we are headed to the bottom of the ninth in Arizona. The the uh, Reds have tied things up. A bloop single from T.J. Friel put runners on second and third. Then a ground out from Matt McLean with the infield in scored the tying run four to four. And now they'll head to the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, all square there. But again, the the Reds cannot get past five games back as. 
you know, we're approaching magic number season. Magic number season doesn't begin until September. But you remember the Brewers already have the uh, tiebreaker on Cincinnati. They are certainly still in the hunt for the wild card. As a few other standings and things that matter. By the way, the only other team in the National League with a winning streak as long as the Brewers is the Diamondbacks. They've got a six-game winning streak on the line tonight if they win. They would also match the Brewers with their seven-game winning streak right now. The uh, wild card picture looks like this up to the second with that game still tied. In fact, it's the last game of the night in Major League Baseball. Phillies in the lead. They're three games clear. They beat up on the Cardinals again tonight. They are 71-58. and And as of now, the Diamondbacks and the Cubs are tied. And that will remain the same no matter what if Arizona loses that game tonight. The Cubs will just slide up to the second position. Arizona would slide to the third position. However, if Arizona wins, they stay in second place, which means if Arizona wins that game and the playoffs were to start tomorrow, the Brewers would face the Cubs in a three-game series. But obviously, the season doesn't end tomorrow. Uh, They've only played 129 games. They've still got 33 to go. Cincinnati, if they lose this game tonight, though, they will fall to two games back of the wild card picture, along with the San Francisco Giants, who lost again today to the Braves. The Giants are now two games back of a playoff spot, and the Marlins are back to 500. They've lost three in a row. They are 65 and 65. So if the Diamondbacks win again, they will fall to four games back as well. So maybe some pictures starting to take shape here in the race. Looking at it, it's all brought to you by Cider Heating Plumbing. And electrical, trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. For a limited time only, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. This offer is not including clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours, but it's valid through September 15th at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Tomorrow, looking ahead, the Brewers will have Adrian Hauser on the mound, a 110 first pitch. Pre-game coverage will get things going at noon. I've got you with Brewers warm-up. It'll be Hauser against Michael Walker, and he's been one of the best stories of the year in baseball. He's battled through some injuries this season, but he has really found a, a resurgence. 2.63 ERA in 17 starts, 96 innings pitched, only 85 strikeouts, but not much hard contact against him. Only nine homers allowed in that time. And opponents only hitting 212 against him. Waka is going to be a tough ask for the crew. Talented right-hander. He hasn't pitched much as of late. He got activated off the injured list earlier this month. This will only be his third start back from the IL. In uh, his last start, though, it looked like he was stretched all the way out. He threw 94 pitches while handling the Marlins, working into the six, only allowing one run. And in his first start back against the Orioles, he went five shutout innings. And another thing that's been good about the Brewers and getting leads early tonight and then this weekend, we haven't had to see Josh Hader in a game. And I, I told a friend the other day, oh, I hope they give a warm ovation to Josh Hader. And I hope they do it, and I know they will. I just don't want to see Josh Hader in a game because that means the Brewers are probably losing. And uh, I was talking to Jesse Agler, the radio voice of the Padres, and that over the week, this past road trip, uh, or this past, uh, past few days in San Diego, that the Padres had to go to Josh Hader in non-save situations because they were begging to get him some work. He hasn't been, they obviously haven't been winning as many games as they had hoped. They haven't been as many save situations as they had hoped. Uh, he hasn't pitched in now three days, and it was a 4 nothing game, so not a save situation. And prior to that, he hadn't pitched in five days. So he is he's only pitched four times in the last two weeks. He has made four appearances since, since August 8th. 
Four appearances in two weeks for Josh Hader. When was the last time you heard about that? So hopefully the Brewers can keep it that way tomorrow, or if he appears in the game, it's because the Brewers are up 10 to nothing. Uh, 855-616-1620. Going to take a quick breather. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back. Dom Catronio here. 855-616-1620. A fun text here. When do we start the magic number countdown? And we don't do that till September because it's still single digits. Uh, there's still plenty of baseball to happen. The Brewers, 72 and 57. Uh, a lot of baseball still to come here. Of course, 33 games to go. And uh, it's going to be over in the blink of an eye, man. It, it, it always is. It, it ends. I, I feel like we reported the spring training yesterday, quite frankly. Uh, regular season ends on Sunday, October 1st. And just a reminder again, those last three games of the year are against the Cubs. I don't want to see a lot of red, white, and blue in here. I want to see a lot of yellow and navy and uh, Brew Crew City Connects, all right? I don't want to see it be 70-30 like it was during uh, the 4th of July. Let's try to get this as close to 50-50, if not more than 50-50 as possible, because those three games could really matter here down the stretch. And then the uh, wild card series would begin two days later, assuming the Brewers, uh, if they are in the wild card series, obviously probably not going to be the number two seed, whether they're the wild card team or the central winner. That would all start on October 3rd, which is a Tuesday. And if the Brewers win the division, all three games will be here at American Family Field. Uh, right now, I'm going to go ahead and hear from the skipper. Here's what Craig Council had to say about tonight's victory. I mean, I think we're just having good at-bats. Um, you know, it was a, a move-the-line type inning. Um, just, a, just a bunch of good at-bats and a bunch of guys... You know, we got some momentum going. The, their their starter was for the first four innings was very very good. I mean, his fastball was had tremendous life on it. Really, you know, more life than than kind of I think we were expecting. Um, and his off speed stuff was was good. His slider was good. So he was he was really good. Um, but it was just a case of you know we got some some runners on and and in an inning when he was maybe tiring a little bit um, and uh, made it work. You guys used defense later on after that to make that lead hold up. There was Yelly, I think, yeah. catch. Yeah. had that nice play. Bryce, those two grounders up the middle. I mean, yeah, is- no, that was that was a big part of the game today. Is that um, we, we Yelly's play was a huge play. That's a completely different inning. Um, that's a double, and, and there's there's lots of action going in that inning. Um, and then Bryce made just, just two great plays. And any, anytime you make a play leading off the ninth like that, that's a big momentum killer and, a, and a, you know, puts their dugout in a completely different spot. Do you feel like that um, fifth inning by the offense maybe harmed uh, Freddie a little bit with the long wait that he had there? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a long inning for sure. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, he he the walk to Kim, you know, he'd he'd probably like to have that one back for sure. Um, Soto put up a good at bat against them, just just a tough at bat. Um, but I'm sure the the walk to Kim, he'd he'd like to have back. But overall, saw some good. Things. Yeah, I, I mean, I've pretty yeah. pitched wonderfully for sure. He's on a tremendous roll every he's won every start this month. I mean, how, how big is this going to be for? How is this big has it been for the rotation to him for him to pitch the way? Yeah, he I mean, we've talked about his first half when there wasn't, you know, the results weren't 
exactly what we wanted, but it, it didn't look like anything that we needed to really adjust. And, and I, and I think just kind of sticking to it and, um, you know, the number one thing with Freddie is always going to be, let's just keep him healthy, um, keep the arm solid and in good shape. And it feels like every start he's making, he's, um, he's showing that big stuff and he's, he's locked in with his command. His changeup was very good today to, to both righties and lefties. Um, and that was, that was the pitch for him tonight. It was everything tonight. I mean, you could see it mixing. I mean, the changeup was so fantastic. And I pointed that out earlier tonight about the whiffs on it, but I see him just trying something new every game, and he's going to try to really let it loose, putting some more stuff in the back of the heads of hitters, and then maybe he just goes back to fastball Freddie when it matters most. Go back to what you're most comfortable with. What a stretch that he's in right now, and uh, even Devin Williams, the stretch that he's in right now. I think we continually take it for granted of how good he has been, and the the fact is the Brewers just continue to have generational closers at the back end year after year after year. Yeah, he allowed a run in a weird situation against the Rangers on August 18th, but he still got the save because he should have never been in that game. He only needed nine pitches to lock down the save, but that's the only earned run he has allowed since July 5th. That was the game uh, against the Cubs, one of his rare blown saves of the year. But now over his last, uh, looking at it, 20 games, He's got a total of 13 saves. He's thrown 17 and two-thirds innings. He's also got 32 strikeouts, so practically uh, two strikeouts per inning right now for Devin Williams. He's been fantastic to watch. Going to take a quick breather. Come back with the highlights after this on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. All right, Brewers, game two with the Padres looking for another series win and their seventh victory in a row. And another programming note, Bob Uecker is off for the weekend at home resting. Expect to have him back next weekend against the Phillies. We miss you, Bob. Hope you're doing well. Recharging for the stretch run. Now let's get to the game itself, right? Freddie Peralta started on the mound. He allowed a solo homer to Xander Bogarts early, but otherwise he was rolling in his first five innings. He had eight strikeouts and only allowed three base runners. He was absolutely fantastic, but the Brewers were still down 1-0 against Pedro Avila. He had been the strong candidate uh, the second half as a tandem man, and the Brewers finally got to him in the fifth inning. It all began with an infield hit from Mark Canna, then a clutch bunt single from Bryce Terang put runners on first and second and an opportunity for Andrew Monasterio. Does not show and a ground ball base hit to left. Canna will be sent around third. He'll score and the Brewers have tied the game 1-1. One to one Jeff Levering's call and they were far from done in the inning. That will put runners on first and second once again. Tyrone Taylor would be the batter but some chaos on the base path. Here's the pitch. Runner takes off for third. Capusano throws it into left field. Monasterio comes down the line to score. The Brewers have the lead. They get it a 2-1 to lead. Now, as the inning would progress, a fielder's choice, a walk. Now you've got men aboard, two men aboard for William Contreras. Bullpen activity behind Avila. Things are happening quickly, and Wild Bill strikes. 1-1. One, one. Ground ball, third base, fair, down into the corner. One run is in. Yelich is on the move. He'll score all the way from first. Contreras not stopping at second. He's on his way to third with a two-run triple. 
What an epic moment. Unfortunately, scorekeeper decided that was a double and an error on the left fielder, Ben Gamble. Nonetheless, the Brewers broke it open. They chased Avila out of the game, and they still weren't done in the inning. The next batter, Carlos Santana. Barlow throws. Line down the right field line, a fair ball. Heads towards the corner as Tatis digs it out. Santana with an RBI double. It's 5-1 Brewers. Another five-run inning for the second consecutive game. The crew, second time they've done that all year. The last time was in April against the Mets. That would be all the offense tonight. Some defense helped out as well. A clutch play here in the sixth inning from Monasterio. Ground ball hit towards third. Monasterio has it. The second one to first. Got him. Double play. Great scoop by Santana. And the inning is over. Moving far to his left, Monasterio with the short hop to Rang with the range. And then he fired to first just in time with a great scoop from Santana. But the Padres would make this game interesting. They would add a two-run homer in the eighth inning off the bat of Juan Soto. So it suddenly was another one-run game. However, the Padres are the worst team in baseball when it comes to one-run games. 6-19 and 19 coming into tonight. The Brewers, the second-best team in one-run games at 26-11. and 11, And they headed things to their all-star closer, Devin Williams. The stretch and the 2-2 coming. Struck him out with a changeup. Ball game over. It's seven straight for Milwaukee. A 5-4 win tonight at American Family Field. Jeff Levering all on the highlights tonight. I promise Lane Grindle was here too. But the Brewers win 5-4. It's seven in a row. Their longest winning streak of the 2023 season. Their longest since 2021. They'll go for another August sweep tomorrow with Adrian Hauser on the mound. Take a breather. Come back and wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. All right, last few minutes of the program here. Uh, quick check-in on Cincinnati and Arizona. Uh, things have blown open in the top of the 10th inning. Arizona looks like they've run out of pitching as uh, the Reds have scored three runs in the top of the 10th. They're in, in the lead 7-4, to four, so let's just go ahead and chalk that one up to the Reds. As of now, they will remain five games back of the Brewers and still two games back of a, or excuse me, one game back of a playoff spot in the wild card race. Uh, the Brewers going for the sweep tomorrow. Again, Adrian Hauser, Michael Walker, the matchup. And then on Monday, they'll head down to Wrigley Field, and I'll be with you for all three of those games down at Wrigley as well as the crew will be relying on maybe the guys exactly that they want to have. It'll be Wade Miley on Monday, Corbin Burns on Tuesday, and Brandon Woodruff on Wednesday. And the matchups are some really good ones, too. Jamison Tyone will be on Monday for the Cubs. Justin Steele, an all-ace matchup on Tuesday. Uh, and Kyle Hendricks on Wednesday for the day game. So night, night, day down at Wrigley, and then an off day on Thursday. And then the Phillies come to town. And a couple of games on national TV next week. Friday is on your traditional Bally Sports. Then on Saturday, we're on Fox once again. So if you're one of those folks that likes to sync up Bob Euchre and the television, remember we're on Fox next Saturday. And then on Sunday, it'll be on Peacock. That is uh, one of the streaming services, of course. You can get a free trial. Just get ahead of it. And uh, NBC Peacock will have the game on Sunday next week against the Phillies. Tomorrow, we're on the air at noon. I've got you covered with Brewers warm-up. 
then the uh, network pregame will take over at 12.35. That's going to do it for us here this evening. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us once again. And for our producer, Sam Butson, I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers going for another sweep, seven in a row. Life is good. Life is great. Roll out the barrel. Things are having a lot of fun out here at American Family Field. Hope to see you at the ballpark tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging.